0: Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Today, I just want to lay out the framework for this series I think it's really, really important uh, to do that uh, so that we understand as we dive into each one of these gifts over the next couple of weeks, uh, the impact of those gifts and how, uh, how this revelation in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, really speaks to each one of us. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 through 11, it says, I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Now, he wasn't saying dumb as in dumb. He was saying dumb as in they can't speak, they can't respond. We know the difference between our God and other gods is that our God speaks. Idols do not speak. Um, They they are lifeless and have no power. But he says, however you are led, he says in verse 3, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse number four, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray in the next few moments of time that Your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that God, as we turn our attention to Your Word, and especially that of You, Holy Spirit, and the revelation of the gifts, Lord, the empowerments of the Holy Spirit in our life, that God, we would have clear understanding. I pray that all confusion uh, just would be completely removed in this moment. God, I pray uh, every distraction, Lord, every worry, God, would be uh, bound in this place, and Lord, there would be a freedom in this house for us to hear from you. I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, and that, God, we would receive the full revelation of everything that you have for us in this moment. I pray that as our heart and our minds are turned to your word, that, Lord, uh, we would receive everything that we need from you today, that even as we turn our attention to the gifts of the Spirit in our life, that the Holy Spirit who gives these gifts would move, Lord, that you would bring healing, that you would bring salvation, that you would bring deliverance, that, God, you would accomplish your will in this place today and in the places of all those who are joining us online. Have your way. We are your people, this is your house, and Lord, we've come to hear from you. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I want to, uh, I want to dive into this series on the gifts of the Spirit, and I want, to, uh, I want to talk about just a couple of things as we look at this, as we lay the, the, the foundation for the gifts of the Spirit. And the first thing is to say this, um, the Holy Spirit is not weird. Tell your neighbor, people are weird. <laughs> have you ever met somebody weird? Yeah. Don't look at the person next to you. They're probably in your family, might be your spouse. Don't do it. Refrain in this moment from looking at them right now. The Holy Spirit is not weird, uh, but we as people can sometimes make the Holy Spirit seem weird. And there's a big difference in that, and, and I say that, and, uh, and I have the tease of all of that, but I, I, in all sincerity... I think so many times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you can feel the tension um, in the room, especially for those who've had a not-so-great experience with those uh, who have claimed to walk in the Holy Spirit or experience the operation of the Holy Spirit in a way that was out of line with the Word of God. God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. Um, God is not weird. God is supernatural. So when you talk about the supernatural power of God. When you talk about the supernatural presence of God, there are supernatural things that affect the natural realm that we are living in. And so the word of God is very clear about that. The Bible talks about how our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness. There are forces at work in the unseen that the enemy is constantly working and moving to ultimately defeat and to dispel the the will of God and and God's plan to redeem the world. So the enemy is constantly working to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says that in John 10.10, but Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So not only did Jesus bring salvation and the opportunity for us to step into relationship with God and experience the salvation that he has for us, but he is also, God has also sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come so that you and I will have with us the Spirit of God which guides us into all truth, convicts and reproves the world of sin. That word reprove basically means to bring correction. How many of you have ever had to be corrected? Me, two hands. Yes, all of us. um, We because why? Because we are not perfect people. Um, That we're not perfect people. We were born into sin, so we're constantly in the process of God bringing us through that transformation. So the Holy Spirit comes not only to empower us. We talked about that last week. Jesus said it in Acts chapter one. He said, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses." When he talks about witnesses and he talks about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, there's different ways in which the Spirit of God, different gifts that the Spirit of God gives the church that equips us to accomplish his will. And so that's what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks is the gifts of the spirit and how we as the church and as the body of Christ can operate in those gifts, how we can function in those gifts and how those gifts were designed to operate and function in the body of Christ. So Paul has written to the church in Corinth. He's written to the Corinthians because there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of disorder. So he's he's bringing order to all of this because God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. He's not the author of confusion. He's ultimately come to defeat the one who has uh, tried to bring about confusion. So Paul is listing these things out and he gives us some really key things. And we're going to talk about that this morning, about how Uh, The foundation of this is laid. Now, this is is different. The gifts of the Spirit are different from the fruit of the Spirit. Because here, gifts, this this implies that there are different ones. With the fruit of the Spirit, there's one fruit of the Spirit. You hear me? Are you with me? We talked about the different attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, but it's one fruit. There are different gifts. So not all of these gifts of the Spirit will be evident or operating in the same person. Okay? Okay. Because there's different ones. The fruit of the Spirit is meant to operate in every person as evidence of the Spirit of God in our life. Are you with me? You're not confused yet, right? So there's a different. Because sometimes when we want to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Well, I have I have love, but not self-control. You ever felt that way? I have love, but I don't have self-control. Well, the fruit of the Spirit, all of those are in one. These are different gifts that God gives According to his will. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. So we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and you say, Pastor, why why are you why are you diving into the middle of this series? Because I believe, as we talked about last week, that God has not left his church powerless on this earth. That God has not left this church to simply rely upon our own means, our own understanding, our own abilities, but that he has truly empowered us to be his witnesses on the earth because we have a world. We have a place in which there are many, 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 many millions of people who are in desperate need of the love of God, who are in desperate need of the salvation of heaven. And I am convinced that what makes the difference in someone's encounter with the Lord is the Holy Spirit. When you and I experience the presence of God, when you and I experience the Holy Spirit, when we experience the love of God and the salvation of God in our lives, it changes everything. Because the motive and the drive is no longer based upon what someone else told me about God, but based upon the revelation that I've had of God. It's no longer someone else's experience that I'm merely living off of, but my own personal experience and my own personal encounter with God. It's the reason why my prayer for us as a church, my prayer for us as a people is that we will always have encounters with the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that these times that we have together on Sunday mornings would be encounters with the Lord. That throughout the week we would have encounters with the Holy Spirit, encounters with the presence of God. Because when we have a revelation from the Lord, no one can change our mind about it. Why? Because I've heard from the Lord. It's why Joshua so boldly made the declaration that he did when the children of Israel took possession of the promised land and he made the declaration that he did. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You choose. And they said, no, 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 we'll serve the Lord. And he said, I don't think you understand. As for me and my house, why? Because Joshua had encountered, he had experienced the glory of God. He had experienced the miraculous things of heaven. He had watched as God had not only made a way through the Jordan as they stepped into the promised land, but he had watched as the walls of Jericho fell. He watched as God gave them victory after victory after victory as they were faithful and obedient to follow the instructions of the Lord. So for him, it was personal. It was a personal encounter a personal revelation and you could not convince him otherwise and that's my prayer is that God will continually give us personal encounters that will again and again experience the revelation that God has for us because when we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit when we operate in the gifts that God intended for us as the church to operate in it opens the door for the supernatural things of God to affect the natural situations of our world the natural world that we are living in needs God the natural world that we are living in needs the love of Jesus. They need the salvation of heaven. They need the freedom and the deliverance. We do. Amen? I need the presence of God. I need the love of God. I need the Holy Spirit in my life to continually walk in the revelation and to walk in the truth of what God has established, to continue to be who God has called me to be, to continue to walk in the transformation that he's established for my life. So the gifts of the Spirit, Paul is writing here to the Corinthian church, and he's trying to uh, to, to clearly define for them the revelations and the insights that are there. And he does this by, in the very beginning, talking about uh, the the importance of the difference between the Holy Spirit and, and living by the Spirit and living by the flesh. He does this a lot. We see this in several of his letters where he talks about living by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Why? Because if we live by the flesh, we'll die. But if we live by the Spirit, we'll put to death... The misdeeds of the body. It's only on the power of God that we can overcome sin. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus that was shed, that we can walk in victory, that we can walk in the life that God has established for us. So he clearly outlines this in the beginning of, of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he tells them, he says, he says however you were led astray uh, by these mute idols, these dumb idols, as he says, uh, whatever that was, there's a big difference between our own understanding and and the revelation, the insight, and the understanding of what God has said. And only by the Holy Spirit can you make the declarations uh, that 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 he talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve and, and verse in verse number four, he said, or verse number three, he says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he jumps into the diversity of gifts. So the gifts of the Spirit in our life. The gifts of the Spirit that God has called us to as believers and as the church, what are the foundations of those and how do they affect our life? So number one is this. Uh, spiritual. All spiritual gifts come from the same source. All spiritual gifts come from the same source. Tell your neighbor it's the same source. Um, the, the gifts of the Spirit do not come from different, different factions, different parts. They all come from the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are from the Holy Spirit. There are no other, uh, no other ways, no other, no other different, different means about it. In verse number four, it says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So what happens in our lives when the gifts of the Spirit are evident, when we see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the body of Christ, while they may look different and the gifts may be unique based upon the gift that, that is in operation, the source is the same. So, it's why when someone is claiming to operate according to the Spirit of God, if you and I are walking in step with the Spirit and we begin to test those things according to the Word of God and the Spirit of God in our life, it's why through the discernment of the Holy Spirit, you can tell when something is not from the Lord. Right? You ever been in a situation where someone's claimed to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit or been claiming to operate according to the power of the Holy Spirit? but there is evidence according to the Word of God, not our own idea, not our own interpretation, but according to the Word of God, that those things are out of order, that those things are out of line. The reason for that is because all of these gifts come from the same source. The same, sp- the same source that is at work within our lives today, the Holy Spirit. So only through the Holy Spirit do the gifts of the Spirit become operable in our lives. There is one source that the gifts of the Spirit are able to operate, and that they're able to function. Now, this is the, this is the thing that I love about. And In the next verse, he starts talking about the diversities of the gifts. And this is what I love about the Lord, uh, is the way that he works and the way that he moves. Um, God is one. So we talk about the Trinity. We talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is one, but there's diversities in the one. And this is what I love about it, because you look around our world, we can look around the room this morning, there's diversity in this room. There there are different ethnicities in this room, there are different cultures that are represented in this room, there are different backgrounds that are represented in this room, but all of one. Why? Because we were made in the image of God. And so what I love about the Lord is that there's diversity but unity. And that's how the body of Christ, that's how Paul describes the body of Christ, right? Because not all of us are the mouth. Not all of us are going to be the ones preaching. Can you imagine if every single one of us stood up and preached today before we left? I'm ready. Who's got a word? I'll step aside. I'll let you have it. Why? Because there's different gifts and there's different callings that God's given us. I promise you, if I was leading worship this morning, you would desperately ask for us to move on in the service. Because my gift, (laughs) did you hear my sister? Amen. Because there are different gifts that God has given me. I can't sing, but there are (laughs) gifts, you be quiet. (laughs) But there are gifts and there are talents that God has given other people in the body that there are things that you can do. There are gifts and there are talents that God has equipped us with to be able to fulfill His will. Because the gifts of the Spirit, again, they're not about me. The gifts of the Spirit are about the Lord and His will being accomplished in the earth. So the the thing I love about the Lord is the diversity but the unity that's represented. God is all about unity not about division and it's why Paul was writing this letter because there was division there were splinters within the church that were beginning to establish because people had their own interpretation their own definition of what the gifts of the Spirit were supposed to be and people wanted to say well this gift is of the Spirit and this gift is not. Only the Spirit of God defines. And declares, and so Paul was bringing clarity to that because of how the Lord works. There's diversity, but unity. There are different functions and different parts of the body of Christ, but it's all one body. We all serve together as one to accomplish not our will, but His. And what happens when we begin accompli- trying to accomplish our will and not his is when division begins to take place and the body is rendered paralyzed, immobilized from fulfilling the will and the plan that God has established and what God has said. So I mentioned the Trinity just a moment ago, and I love this illustration. This is an illustration that I've, uh, that I've carried with me for, for many, many years, and it's real simple. It's Children's Church. I should have had you go get an egg out of the kitchen. Um, there are three parts to the egg, right? There's there's the shell there's the white, and uh, the egg white and then the egg yolk, but it's but it's all one egg, right? It's the same with uh, this. It's the same with the Godhead. It's the same with the Trinity. You have God the Father. You have God the Son. You have God the Holy Spirit. The three are one, but there are distinct differences between the three. And that's, I love how the Lord works. I love how God does that because just when we think we've got God figured out, He says, let me, let me show you, let me take you a little bit deeper and bring you an even greater insight and an even greater revelation. But I've always loved that illustration because it helps to understand how, the, how the, the Godhead, how the Trinity works God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One egg, three different parts, but it's one. And you can't have one without the other. Have you ever just tried to have the yolk, but not the egg, white, and the shell? Yeah, the only way that you can do that is if you physically separate those pieces, separate those parts. All three are one. They work in tandem. They work in unity together. So so Paul's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and he's talking about the diversities that are present. But all of those are linked together to form the unity, to form the function that God has determined. And all of them, all gifts of the Spirit come from the Spirit of God. They come from the Holy Spirit. So, all spiritual gifts come from the same source. Secondly, not only do we have that, but number two, spiritual gifts are for one purpose, the profit of all. The profit of all. The purpose of the the gifts of the Spirit is for the profit of all. I love this in verse, verse number seven. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So, the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit, the reason that the gifts of the Spirit are present... Is for the profit of all, for the benefit of all. So, what Paul's trying to, to clarify to the Corinthians is that when there is chaos and there is no order, when there is confusion, then it limits the, it limits the profitability of what the Holy Spirit has come to make present. So, we don't try to manufacture a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. We follow the Holy Spirit, and according to the Holy Spirit, at the time that is appropriate and present for the Holy Spirit to move, then God works, then God moves, then we see why. Because it is for the profit of all. So if we tried to manufacture the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, one, I don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it right follow the we follow the holy spirit what happens when the holy spirit moves when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, it brings benefit to all. It brings revelation to all. I love the moments, I love the times when we're in the presence of the Lord, when we're experiencing the presence of God, and there's a word of knowledge that's shared, or there's a revelation that's given, or there's an interpretation that's given, because in those moments, if if we have followed the Holy Spirit, and we have made room for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is moved, the word that comes, the revelation that comes, the manifestation that's present, brings us to a point of experiencing the insight, the revelation, the growth, the transformation that God has established for that moment. The power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in operation are always to the benefit of all. It's for the profit of the body of Christ not to incite chaos, not to incite confusion, but to bring clarity, revelation, and insight, and unity that the body will continue to grow in the knowledge and the revelation and the insight that God has established for us and walk in the power and the authority that God has given us to be a light in Camden, Arkansas, in Ouachita County, in the state of Arkansas, the United States states of america and around the world so the gifts of the spirit all come from one source and the gifts are for one purpose for the profit of all if it is if it does not profit if it is not beneficial if the gift of the spirit is if if the gift of the spirit is not to profit all then it, it defeats the purpose of why the holy spirit has come The reason that the Holy Spirit came was to convict and reprove the world of sin. The Holy Spirit came to guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit came to empower us to be the witnesses that He's called us to be. If the gifts of the Spirit that are in operation, that are manifested in our lives, that are manifested in our services, that are manifested in our times that we have when we come together as the body of Christ, if they, are not profit, if they are not profiting the body of Christ, if they are not positioning us for the growth and for the transformation that God has called us to, then it is not the gift of the Spirit. It is not the move of the Holy Spirit that's in operation in our midst. So it's important. This is, this is a lot of teaching. Are you staying with me? you too hungry to follow me? (laughs) I know what happens when you get hungry. Your mind starts to wonder to what's next. Stay with me, okay? Spiritual gifts are for one purpose. They're for the profit of all. So when you start talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to take a little bit deeper dive in each one of those throughout the weeks, but you talk about uh, the word of knowledge. You talk about the gifts of healing. You talk about all of those things. The purpose of all of those things is to point people The Lord. It's to bring people closer to Jesus. It's to bring greater insight and greater revelation to the Holy Spirit. And one thing that I will say about this that I've always appreciated about our church, and that I've always appreciated, is that we are always available and open to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, to the gifts of the Spirit of God, and to the presence of God, but we do not try to manufacture this. There's an authenticity and there's a genuine, there's a genuine desire for the move of the Holy Spirit but not for manipulation. Manipulation is not of the Lord. And manufacturing the gifts of the Holy Spirit is a dangerous thing. And so I appreciate the honor that we have towards the Holy Spirit and that we have to the gifts of the Spirit. In the same token, we cannot be afraid to step into the gifts that God has given us. Okay, alright, I'm just making sure you're with me. Because there's, there's, there's an understanding that the gifts of the Spirit, it's not just about making sure that there's not confusion that's present, but it's also about understanding that those are gifts that God has given us to further the use of, of the kingdom of God. If you and I have gifts and ability, if you and I have means to be able to serve, if you and I have means to be able to further the kingdom of God and the impact that we're having on the world, but we choose not to utilize those, what are we doing? We're hindering the move. We're hindering the work. We're hindering the advancement of the kingdom of God and the gospel and the part that God has called us to being a part of that. Um, it's it's like if uh, uh, it's like if we you know if we had the ability to uh, to be able to handle a situation, but um, we we felt like maybe it just it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't our place or it wasn't our responsibility. Let me uh, let me use something like. Uh, Let's do something simple like taking out the trash. Oh, so how many of you like to take out the trash? Tracy, you are a good man right there. That man, give it up for Tracy Payne right there. That man likes to take out the trash. Yeah, good answer, um, good answer. Austin. Said, good answer, Tracy. Way to go. Uh, yeah. So a few of us, a few of us, you know, like Tracy, that are different, like to do that. The rest of us. I don't know about you, but it's it's amazing how fast the trash fills up at our house. Um, I come in from the office and look at Rihanna and I go, "Where did it come from?" Like we are not trashy people. Um, we don't we don't eat that much. I guess so. We put it in the trash. It's not laying around the house. That's uh, great. Um, I I the taking out the trash has it was my job. Um, I was assigned this responsibility um, at the age of I don't know how young I was. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not going to speculate uh, for as long as I can remember, but um, that was my dad's. That was my dad's job when he was when he was at home. His one job was to take out the trash. So by nature, I inherited that same token and responsibility. It was my responsibility to not only take out the trash out of the house, but also to make sure that the can got to the end of the street on Thursday mornings. It took me a little while when I moved to Camden to realize that it was Tuesday in my neighborhood and not Thursday and anyways so I had had some quick mornings of running out when I heard the trash can truck coming down the road. Have you ever been there? Haley's got a great story about that. Uh, She she actually forgot one morning and uh, Austin Haley forgot one morning and she heard him coming and she ran down and the guy had come to their house uh, the city employee who was driving the truck that day, and he stopped and waited for Haley to get her trash can to the end, and was just, he was he was having a good time. He was enjoying it. Haley was running as fast as she could down that hill. And uh, so, I, so, you know, we talk about taking out the trash, right? Um, if you do that, if you've taken out the trash at, at church after big events, uh, you'll find that those trash bags aren't quite built to handle all the liquid that makes it into the trash can. So very quickly you have to run out the door um, so that you don't create a, a giant mess, um, And which is why in our house it's, we, no liquid's in the trash as much as possible. It's one of my pet peeves. I can't stand it. So I hate it. I hate so there's things like that in our life, and when you look at responsibilities and you look at the means that you're able to do that, you know it's one of those inconveniences, it's one of those things that you don't necessarily enjoy doing, but thank God that we have the ability to be able to do it. Thank God that we, have, that, that we, we can function to be able to be in that, because there are times and there are seasons and there are moments, there are uh, sometimes limited seasons and sometimes long seasons where we can't do those things. And we find out just how much of, uh, of an inconvenience that it really isn't. But we, we look at that and we say, okay, so, so let's say that everyone in your house has decided to go on strike from taking out the trash. How long? <laughs> did somebody say they did? <laughs> I love it. They did. They went on strike. So everyone in your house has gone on strike from taking out the trash. It doesn't take very long before your trash starts to give off a certain scent. Yeah, you can only push it down so far, Joe, and then it's got to go. Um, you know, But you go on strike, right? And it doesn't take long before you start to see the impacts and the evidence that that has. Now, when there's multiple people that are living in the home with the ability to be able to pick up the bags of trash and take them out to the trash can and put them in there, but they don't, what happens? Over time, it continues and it increases and it becomes more of a pig pen than a home. And it smells and it's invasive and it's atrocious and it attracts unwanted guests. And what so what happens? Because why? Because the people who had the ability, who had the who had the the means to be able to handle the situation and to profit everyone else refused to operate in that. And I use that very ridiculous illustration. To talk about and to bring in the simplicity of what happens when you and I don't use the gifts and the abilities that God has given us in the body of Christ. And when we don't operate in the spiritual gifts. Because at the end of the day, that mess has to be addressed. It has to be confronted. It has to be dealt with. But how is it dealt with? With the people who have the means and the ability to do it. Or by waiting until it becomes such a problem, until it becomes such an issue that it requires professional help, professional assistance, a team of people, all the different things to be able to address those things. Well, the same is true in how God has called His house, the body of Christ, how He's called us to function and operate. There are different gifts, talents, and abilities, and if we keep waiting for someone else to do it, it will hinder us from being able to operate and to function the way that God intended and the way that God desired us to And so when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit and understanding that it's for the profit of all, when you and I take responsibility, when you and I take action for what we feel and what we've seen and what the Holy Spirit revealed that God's called us to walk in, it opens the door for other people to do the same. And so it it, it challenges us to not only step out in faith and to trust the Lord, but to walk in faith, to walk in trust of what the Holy Spirit's empowered and what the Holy Spirit's equipped us to do. Does that make sense this morning? Am I making sense? And that 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 applies not just to the gifts of the Spirit, but to other means, to other resources, to the other areas of, of the body of Christ and how we serve and how we ultimately accomplish and fulfill the will of God in our lives. So the, the spiritual gifts are for one purpose. They're for the profit of all. It's not for the profit of me. It's not for my benefit. It's for the benefit of the body of Christ. It's for the benefit of the will of God. Because the, the, the gifts of the Spirit are given to ultimately fulfill His will, and they're given according to His will. So that brings us to our third point, number three. The gifts of the Spirit are given to individuals as the Spirit determines. So uh, when we look at this in in verse number 11, it says, But but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one to individually as He wills. One of the things that Paul wanted to eliminate... uh, Well, there were two things that Paul wanted to eliminate. One, he didn't want everyone believing that there was a different spirit that gave you the ability to give a word of knowledge. That there was a different spirit that gave you the gifts of healing. That there was a different spirit that gave you... Paul wanted everyone to understand what we talked about at the very beginning. All of these come from one source. It's the same spirit that's at work. And so here's, here's the thing I love about this. When you talk about there not being confusion in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, um, God, um, God doesn't get confused like we do. You ever have you ever started? Have you ever started something? Uh, maybe it was a project, and and in that project you found something else, and you kind of got started on that, and then you came back, and then you realized that you forgot the other part that you started, or the project that you were working on. and You're like, oh. Right, I was cleaning in here and I got distracted over here and I came back over there and then when your spouse or your family or someone walked in they were like what are you doing? Like, you know, it's like it doesn't even make sense in this moment what what, what I thought you were doing that. Well, I got distracted by that. Okay. God's not that way. God doesn't God doesn't start with I'm going to give a message in tongues and then I'm going to give a gifts of healing, I'm going to give and he's going to do all these different things all at the same time so that everyone who's in the room goes What's happening? That's God doesn't get confused like we do. Right, So the Holy Spirit knows, because why? All gifts come from the same Spirit. So if we're following the Holy Spirit in a service, if we're following the Holy Spirit in a corporate time, the Holy Spirit doesn't get distracted like we do. He doesn't get lost in the middle of what He's doing. He knows what's happening and He knows what's taking place. And if we will submit to the Holy Spirit and we will follow the Holy Spirit as we do, what happens is it makes room for the Holy Spirit to work and to manifest according to His will and in the order that God has established and the order that God has purpose spiritual gifts are given to individuals as the spirit determines spiritual gifts are not limited to pastors or youth pastors or kids pastors or worship pastors or deacons or trustees spiritual gifts are given to individuals as the spirit determines that means every single person who is a born-again believer is open to the gifts of the holy spirit being given in your life And so it's why it's important for us to not limit and it's important for us to not hinder the revelation of the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. If the Holy Spirit is giving you or has given you a gift of the Spirit to operate in, don't be afraid to step into that gift. Now we're going to talk about what that looks like and how we do that in the future. But what I want you to understand is that God in how the Holy Spirit works and how the Holy Spirit manifests, God is not weird. But it takes a certain level of faith for us to step into that understanding, to step into that revelation, to experience the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. And here's the deal. We do that in a very simple way. Um, We don't have to fabricate. We don't have to make it look a certain way. We don't have to make it sound a certain way. We can just simply be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is saying and what the Holy Spirit is impressing upon our hearts and impressing upon our lives. Uh, That's why when it comes to words of knowledge, or when it comes to the gifts of prophecy, if someone's operating in those gifts, there'll be a time, there'll be a moment where the Lord may speak something to your heart about having uh, a conversation with someone and asking them a question. And here's the deal. When we present that in that way, according to the Holy Spirit, not trying to manifest something on our own, but letting the Holy Spirit do, we simply be obedient with that. And we ask that person that question, or we have that conversation. And that that person may look at you and say, no, I don't, I, I, that's, you know, I, I haven't had that thought or that feeling or that conversation doesn't, you know, that doesn't apply or it doesn't register. And we can leave it at that and we can walk away. But so many times what happens in that is that the enemy will use that moment to say, you didn't hear from the Lord. Well, did we not hear from the Lord or did the person not want to respond to the revelation of the Holy Spirit? Or is God teaching us how to hear His voice at a new level and in a new way? Because what happens when that does open the door is it opens the way for salvation, it opens the way for freedom, it opens the way for hope and the revelation of God. Because when we do take those steps of faith and someone responds or the Holy Spirit teaches us how to walk in those, it opens the the door for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to be present and for salvation to come. We don't have to walk up to someone and say, Thus saith the Lord. Okay, Now hear me, I'm not saying that there's not a moment and that there's not a time that God's going to have you do that. that. Yes, absolutely. What I am saying is it's not, it's not, that's not how the gift, every gift of the Spirit does not work in the same way. They are different and they, and they are given to individuals as the Holy Spirit determines. And so what happens when we walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is that we open the door for God to do supernatural things in our midst, not just in these services, not just in our times that we have together, but throughout the week as well. Uh, salvation is not limited to Sunday mornings at ten thirty Central Standard Time in South Arkansas. Um, it's not limited to the. It's not limited to this house or these four walls. The Spirit of God is at work and moving all across the earth. Uh, right now, in other parts of the world, uh, God is working and God is moving. In other parts of this country, lives are being saved, people are being healed, people are being delivered, people are being set free. God is working and God is moving. Why? Because the Spirit of God is at work. All comes from one source. God has given to each one of us, to the individuals of the body of Christ, as the Spirit determines. And the, and the purpose of all of that is, is for His will to ultimately be accomplished in our lives, so I I want to uh, I wanted to share that with you this morning, and I wanted to I wanted to lay the, the framework and I wanted to lay the foundation for that because I'm not going to go into any uh, any grave detail on that in the future. I want to focus on uh, each one of these gifts as the Holy Spirit uh, gives us the revelation of that. But the the powerful impact of the Spirit of God and the gifts of the Spirit working in our lives are are so. Uh, they're so incredibly important in how uh, the church walks um, in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the revelation of what God's established. And so I want, I, wanted you to, I wanted you to have that as we step into this. Um, when we go through the rest of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm not, uh, not going to go through all of that, Uh, today but when we go through the rest of that Paul gives some further teachings and he gives some further revelations and he leads into the next chapter of 1st Corinthians which is what does anybody know the love chapter 1st Corinthians chapter 13 the love chapter you've heard it I know you've heard it Um, you've you've probably uh, been to a wedding where it's been read where it's been shared um Paul goes into that, and this, it's a continuation of, of the revelation that he's sharing in this moment. But I wanted to share this as we, as we dive into this series, uh, because he goes into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he goes into verse number 1, and he begins talking about if I have all of these things, if I can prophesy, if I can operate in all these different gifts of the Spirit, but have not love, it's nothing. There, there's one thing, so before we, before we dive into this series any further, before you leave today and you go, what gift of the Spirit am I supposed to be operating in? <gasps> Don't do that, okay? All right? Because, again, like the fruit of the Spirit, the foundation of the gifts of the Spirit is the same. Because it all comes from one source, it all comes from God, it all comes from the Lord, and because of that, you go back to what First John chapter 4 says, if you don't love, you don't know God because God is love. So Paul, in, in the beginning of the fruit of the Spirit, he starts with the very first one, love, the foundation. And all of this, he brings clarity, and he brings insight, and he brings direction. And he goes through all of this, and at the end of it, he comes back, and he says, but if you have these at work within your life, but don't have love, you have nothing. It profits no one if love is not present. It benefits no one if love is not present. So the, the gifts of the Spirit are not, again, it's not to my benefit or to my profit that I'm able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. If I have not love, I have nothing. The love of God is the foundation of everything. And if you and I are walking in the love of God, if we are living in the love of God, then one of the greatest manifestations of the Spirit of God is already evident in our lives. Love is the foundation of the Spirit of God, of the power of the Holy Spirit, of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because let me tell you something, it takes love to not go crazy. And if you don't have the love of the Lord, your love will wane very quickly. Your love for people, and even the people that are closest to you will fade if your love is not sourced from the true source of love, which is God. So I just I wanna I wanna share that with you because I think it's so important and I think it's so crucial to the foundation of all of this is understanding that love is evident of the Spirit of God in our life. And when we walk in that love, it truly moves us into the revelation that God has for us. Amen.